Welcome to the Gary Smith Show. For the next hour, Gary will be taking your calls and answering your emails as he discusses personal development as it relates to your business, your career, and your personal life. Gary is a successful businessman and entrepreneur and is the founder and president of Optimum Performance Technologies, LLC. Gary is a business consultant, business and personal coach, and a professional speaker and writer who has dedicated his life to helping businesses and individuals develop and implement plans to take their companies and their lives to new levels of performance and success. Gary is the author of two outstanding books, The Shepherd and the Princess, Seven Keys to Conquering the Goliaths in Your Life, and Achieving Unusual Greatness, Time Lessons from the Trail Already Blazed. If you have a question or comment for Gary, please call in at 860-432-9735 or email him at info at wsdk1550.com. You can also learn more about Gary by visiting his website, optex.com. And now, here's Gary Smith. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Gary Smith Show here on WSDK. It's great to be with you this morning, and uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, Before we get started today, I've got a bunch of thanks that I need to send out to people. Uh, First of all, a great thanks to Bill Blount and Dave Young for allowing me to do the program here on WSDK. Really appreciate the opportunity to to be here and to actually do a live show, which is something that uh, we don't do very much here on WSDK. Uh, But it's great to be with you this morning. I'd also like to thank all of the life-changing radio staff. A lot of people really don't know all of the work that goes behind the scenes in producing a radio show. And so for all of them who have helped out in the scheduling and the programming of everything, thank you very much. Uh, Also, a a major thank you to uh, both Rick Page and Dave Reno. Uh, Rick is the general manager here at WSDK. And uh, Rick and I actually started talking about doing a show like this uh, way back in November of last year. Uh, We uh, kicked some ideas around and then right after the first of the year got together and started having some regular meetings. To, uh, to put it together. And thanks to uh, Rick's creative thinking and his great ideas, uh, you know, it's been a large part of the show coming together here. And Dave Reno has done a, a great job of helping us to uh, do some recording and editing of clips and things like that. And also uh, a great thanks to Zach Hutchinson, who's my producer here today. Uh, glad to have him in studio. Uh, he's at the controls and he knows a lot more about that stuff than I do. So I'm great, uh, grateful to have him here. Even though we only have an hour together, the time is going to fly by, so please uh, fasten your seatbelts, observe the no smoking sign, and let's launch into our first program together. Uh, A few housekeeping items I want to go over with you. First of all, I want you to know this is your program. It's not mine. Uh, This program is about you and for you. And the goal of the program is to add value to your life, your career, and your business. So from that standpoint, even though we're going to deal with some specific topics, I want you to feel free to call in with whatever you have on, on your mind. Uh, you know, it's, uh, it's nothing, uh, nothing uh, that we can't deal with. Uh, so if you have questions, even though they may not be related to the topic we're, uh, we're talking about, call in. Uh, The show is going to be about uh, personal and business development. So some weeks we'll be dealing with topics on the personal development side. Uh, Some weeks uh, we're going to do uh, a business development topic. And other weeks, uh, it'll be a mixture of things. So um, and we're also going to have some guests on from time to time, either here in the studio uh, or via phone or some pre-recorded things that we're going to, uh, to share with you uh, that we hope will, uh, will enrich your life and enrich your experiences. As we get started today, I, I want to throw out a question for you to think about, and I want you to think about it for a little while, and then we'll talk about it later in the show. And the question is, 
Are achieving success and evangelical Christianity mutually exclusive terms? Let me say that again. Are achieving success and evangelical Christianity mutually exclusive terms? I'd really like to get your opinions on that. So you can call us at 860-432-9735. If you want to send a text message in, the number for that is 860-341-5785. And if you have any uh, questions that you'd like to email in, you can send those to questions, plural, questions at optex.com. That's O-P-T-E-C-H-S dot com. Uh, And you can, uh, by the way, you can send questions to me at any point during the week. It doesn't have to be during showtime. If you use the questions at optex.com address, uh, they'll come to me and I will, it may take me a few days, but I will personally respond to every email that I receive. And uh, we may also pick up some emails uh, from the things I get during the course of the week and uh, share them and make them uh, part of the topics for the, uh, for the program. So feel free to do that. Uh, as we get into uh, kind of our first segment here, uh, I want you to think back a while um, I don't know how many of you remember or not, and I can't honestly remember the last time I saw it on TV, but there was a commercial that I saw, and it was a picture of an older gentleman sitting in front of a computer screen, and he's got this puzzled look on his face, and then all of a sudden he calls out to his wife, and he says, Martha, I just won the Australian lottery. And he's sitting there, and there's no response from his wife for a few seconds, and all of a sudden she asked, did you ever play the Australian lottery? And then he gets an even more quizzical look on his face, and he says, well, no. How many of us have experienced things like that? Uh, I would imagine that anybody who has an email address has had an abundance of material in the email box of, uh, you know, you've you've won, you know, the Brazilian lottery. uh, Or, you know, here, you know, here's a way for you to make a gazillion dollars in 45 seconds. And I mean slightly tongue-in-cheek with that. But we all get a lot of stuff that promises to deliver stuff, that, and we all sit there and, and make a heavy use of the delete button to throw the stuff away. Well, I had an experience a couple of days ago, uh, and it really disturbed me. And under normal circumstances, I would have hit the delete button, but I want to I share it with you. Um, I got an email, and the, uh, the email was on transforming your life. And the individual who wrote the email uh, was talking about, I want you to go out to this website and I want you to listen to this five-minute video and I promise it that it it will transform your life and that it will make you an overnight success. And then a little further down in the email, uh, the woman uh, who wrote this email made uh, two comments that disturbed me. One was, you are more powerful than you think. And the second one is, you are the answer to everything in your life. And the thing that bothered me about it was that, I mean, under normal circumstances, I would have, like I said, hit the delete button. But the thing that really bothered about me about it was that this woman is a personal coach. And it bothered me because when people take that kind of an approach to life, it gives the coaching industry and people like me a bad reputation. Because we're bombarded with all of these things in our lives, and yet we can't stop and, and think for a moment that any of it is real. You know, there, there is no such thing as overnight success. Yeah, there is that very small percentage of people who win the lottery, and then most of them lose the money because they didn't have the discipline and the skills to make the money in the first place. Uh, so there's, there's issues related to that. But the big thing that got me is that we have created a whole culture that says it's all about me, you know, that it's what I do. 
that my, you know, I'm in charge of my life and, you know, whether I succeed or fail is completely up to me. Um, and, and it really causes a problem because one of the major causes of failure in life is that we think that we're the do-all, be-all, and end-all, and, and that simply isn't, just simply isn't the case. So what can we learn from this? Well, one of the lessons you can learn is that if you are in the market for a coach, be careful about how you go about selecting a coach. There are some really good coaches out there who can add real value to your business and your life, but you need to take the time to know them and get a sense for who they are and the value system upon which their business is based. Um, that's one of the reasons I offer a free one-hour consultation to anybody, whether it's you know, consulting, speaking, or business and personal coaching. I offer a one-hour free consultation because I want to have an opportunity to sit down with you so that I can get to know you and you can get to know me uh, so that we get an idea of, of a couple of things. One is do our personalities meld? Uh, can we get along together? Can we establish that uh, rapport of trust so that we can work together? And the other thing is, is I want to be able to know if I'm going to commit to working with you, uh, that you're interested in changing, that you're willing to work on it, and that the skill sets that I have are appropriate for, for your needs. So take the time, and, and whether it's me or someone else, uh, ask for a free consultation. Ask for that time to get together over a cup of coffee or something just to sit down and get to know each other and figure out who the other person is and, and if you can work together. The second thing I think we can learn from this, though, is that success doesn't happen overnight and neither does failure. Both success and failure are processes. They result from certain actions, either good or bad, taken over a protracted period of time. Uh, and, and that really becomes important. Um, if, if you look in the book of Romans, Romans 12, Romans 12, 2 says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now, notice that the apostle Paul didn't say the renewal of your mind. If, if that had said renewal, I would have gotten the impression from that that it's a one-shot deal. All I need is renewal once and it's all said and, gone, said and done. But when we talk about the renewing of our minds, it means it's an ongoing process. And it's the same way with success. Success is an ongoing process. It's not a one-shot deal. It's something that, that takes time, it takes focus, it takes discipline, and it takes consistent effort in, in our lives. The second thing I want to talk about a little bit today is why are business and personal development such timely topics? I mean, why should anybody be tuning in and listening to a show like this? Or why should you be going out and, uh, and, and buying CDs and DVDs and, and books and things like that related to personal development? And I'd like to just step back for a minute and take a really global perspective on this thing to try and give you some understanding of at least why I think that, uh, that business and personal development are so important. 80% of the population in the United States today is living from paycheck to paycheck. And that's a really difficult set of circumstances. I mean, right now, we have about 314 million people living in the United States. I think that was the number that I saw uh, from the 2010 census. And that 314 million people translates to about 114 million households. So if we look at 80% of the population of the United States is living from paycheck to paycheck, that means that there's 251 million people out there that are hoping that the money that they bring in will outlast the month. You know, they're hoping desperately that they are able to cover all of their expenses you know, by the end of the month. 
you know, and at the same time, that's 251 million people. That's 91.2 million households that are affected that way. So we have an issue where people are living from paycheck to paycheck. They're basically trying to survive. But even more critical than that, 85% of the people living in this country, 267 million people, have less than $1,000 in their savings accounts. That's a travesty when you consider that the United States is the most prosperous nation on the face of the earth. That is a real travesty that people, that the vast majority of people in this country have less than $1,000 in savings. But what does that mean? That means these people are 90 days from filing bankruptcy if anything happens that they lose their primary source of income. So we, we have some really difficult economic circumstances to deal with here in the United States. And, and in comparison, think about the rest of the world. If the United States is 90% better than the rest of the world, what's everybody else in the world living on? And, and how are they dealing with their situation? Now let's focus in a little bit. Let's tweak the knob on the microscope and let's look at the, at the state of Connecticut. I was, on, uh, I was on the web this morning just before I uh, got in the car to drive up here for the show, and I looked up the current unemployment rate in Connecticut, and the current unemployment rate here is at 7.9% right now. And, and if you really are honest with it, the real unemployment rate, when you consider people who have fallen off the, uh, the unemployment rolls uh, or people who have just given up looking for jobs, I think the real unemployment rate is probably close to twice that amount. Well, in 2012, uh, there were 3.6 million people living in the, uh, in the state of Connecticut. And of that group, uh, there was 26.9% that were either under 18 or over 65. So if we looked and said, you know, uh, a pretty good chunk of the people in between there, uh, you know, which is about, uh, about 2.6 million people uh, are, are actually uh, working in the state of Connecticut, uh, and you realize that you know, if, even if we take the 7.9%, that means that there's 158,000 people in this country, uh, or in this state, rather, who, uh, you know, who are unemployed. And so that really brings it home when we have you know, a small state like the state of Connecticut, and you've got 158,000 people who are out there, out there looking for work, and, and they're struggling. So what does all this mean? Well, on the one hand, you can obviously translate that to the financial impact that it has in people not being able to meet their bills and being, you know, uh, in, in losing, uh, losing their homes uh, and really struggling to take care of their families. But in addition to that, think about the feelings of stress and desperation and hopelessness that come as a result of, of those circumstances and how people are, you know, are struggling. I mean, I can understand how people would give up looking for a job after a while if they get out there and their resumes are out there and they're going and knocking on doors and they're not getting any kind of a positive response. I mean, after a while, you just get beat down and you just don't feel that you can, uh, that you can handle it anymore. So there's a great need, I think, when we talk about what's the need for business and personal development. There's a great need for people to learn how to build more secure more stress-free, more hopeful lives. But the real key to it is, is that they need to do it on the right foundation. And that foundation is, is Jesus Christ. Uh, he is the ultimate answer for, for everything and every problem that we have and every set of circumstances that we encounter. But the bottom line is, is I really want this program to help people get back on track uh, with their lives. That's really, you know, really the important thing. Uh, we're going to take a quick break here. Um, and when we come back, I want to talk uh, among other things, about our question for the day. 
are we achieving success in evangelical uh, are achieving success in evangelical Christianity mutually exclusive terms? Uh, so we'll be right back, and uh, feel free to give us a call at 860-432-9735. Text us at 860-341-5785 and email your questions in to questions at optex.com. My organization asked me to find a speaker for one of our major events. I didn't know where to turn until a friend recommended that I contact Gary Smith. Gary was easy to work with and affordable. He designed and delivered an amazing program that met all of our needs. This is Gary Smith. If you're looking for a speaker who will entertain, educate, and inform your audience, call me at 203-599-1467 to discuss your specific requirements. I speak on a wide range of business, personal development, and spiritual topics, and I'll create a program that is guaranteed to please. Again, I'm Gary Smith, and I look forward to your call. 203-599-1467. Rain spreads northward into the Connecticut Valley this afternoon. Low 50s as the system comes up the coast. Quite rainy tonight near 40. That system pulls down cooler air tomorrow with some more rain likely. Low to mid 40s. The rain ends early Monday followed by some afternoon clearing near 50. Randy Berkson with the WSDK weather update. At Life Changing Radio we realize that some things just aren't so fun to open. Like a bill that's bigger than expected. Oh, man. Or that birthday gift that has the infamous wool sweater inside. At Life Changing Radio, we make sure our e-newsletter is filled with fun and interesting articles that you'll definitely want to read. Like Look Back in History, Nana's Quick and Delicious Dishes, a plugged-in movie review, scripture memory, and great must-read articles. The fun starts when you open the e-newsletter. It comes out every Monday morning right in your inbox. Don't miss out on all the fun. Sign up for your e-newsletter today on our Facebook page at our website, WSDK1550.com. Click on the newsletter link or text the letters LCR to 22828. Then look for it in your inbox every Monday morning. It's our e-newsletter from Life Changing Radio. All right. Welcome back to The Gary Smith Show. Thanks very much for tuning in this morning. Um, uh, Before we jump into the next bit of our show, uh, we have Bob from Springfield on the line, and uh, he has uh, has a question. Uh, So good morning, Bob. Welcome to The Gary Smith Show. Hey, good morning, Gary. It's the first time I've uh, listened to your show. Just caught it by chance. Um, So to answer the question, I would just say that I don't believe that the two – um, can be separated. I don't think you can have one without the other. I mean, that would be my interpretation. There that, is no success without um, without the other. You know, 
I I agree completely. I uh, I agree, and I thank you thank you very much for your. Uh, I would like to call back one time. I would like to call you back and get an appointment with you. So, like I said, I just tuned in. I'm going to listen to the show for the rest of the time, and we'll talk again soon. Okay, great, Bob. Yeah, yeah. Bill, feel free to uh, to either call me. The number is two zero three five nine nine fourteen sixty seven. If you want to contact me personally, uh, you know, or uh, or send uh, send your email address to questions at optex.com. I'll get that, and we'll be happy to uh, to talk again. And thanks very much for uh, for calling in with your opinion, Bob. I really appreciate it. Yeah, it's uh, you know, it's really uh, it really is uh, a case where. Uh, you can't separate the two, and we'll talk about that a, a little bit more uh, in, in just a few minutes here. But Bob is uh, is completely on target with that. So uh, thanks again, Bob, for for your call. Now that we've laid a little bit of groundwork for uh, for the compelling need for personal and business business development, let's let's talk about some of the basics of personal development. A lot of times when I work with groups of people. Uh, especially when we're talking about goal setting and achievement and that sort of thing, the first thing they want to do is grab a notebook and start writing down what they want to accomplish with their lives. And the, they're sometimes taken back just a little bit when I say, wait a minute, you, you kind of got the cart before the horse here. There's some, some basic things that we need to talk about. And, and the first one I think that's really critical is that we have to realize that personal development begins with personal responsibility. Personal development begins with personal responsibility. And oftentimes I, I make a comment to, to groups that the first step of personal development is to understand where you are and why you are where you are in life. Now let's break down that sentence and, and, and talk about it just a little bit. The first part of that is to understand where you are. And what's the, what's the, the need for that? Well, if you don't understand where you are, how do you know where you're going? Uh, the example I often use is, you know, imagine yourself being dropped into the middle of the wilderness. You know, a helicopter comes out and drops you in the middle of the wilderness, and you have no idea where you are. You have no frame of reference. You don't know uh, what, what state you're in, what country you're in. You may not even know what continent you're on. And the only tool that you have been given to guide yourself is a compass. If that were the set of circumstances you found yourself in, in, in which direction are you going to go? And perhaps more importantly, does it really matter? Is going north versus going west any better? So you really have no frame of reference, and without having a frame of reference, you don't know what to do. And it's, and it's very true in our lives uh, as well. If we don't know where we are, any action we take, we don't know if it's going to take us forwards, if it's going to take us backwards, or if we're going to move sideways. So understanding where we are uh, is, is really important. But even more important than that is understanding why you are where you are. Not too long ago, I was speaking with a group of people, and I made the comment to them that you are where you are in life because of the choices that you've made. And one gentleman who was sitting in the front row, uh, you know, it, it upset him to the point where he blurted out and he said, that's not true. And then he apologized and he said, I'm sorry, you know, I, I shouldn't have said that. And I said, no, no, that, that's perfectly okay. I want your perspective on things. So you don't believe that the statement I made is true. And he said, no. And I said, would you be willing to work with me for just a few minutes here to help the audience understand why you feel the way you do? And he said, well, it's really pretty simple. There's a whole ton of circumstances in my life that I've had no control over. And he said, number one, I didn't get to choose my parents. 
I didn't get to choose the country uh, or the city that I grew up in. I didn't get to choose uh, the, the set of economic circumstances that surrounded my, my early life. And he went on and he gave me several other examples, but you get the gist of where he was going with this thing. And I told him, I said, you know, you're absolutely right. And he said, well, if that's the case, then your statement is wrong. And I said, no, if that's the case, then you're just going to help me make a very, very important point. Because you see, as human beings, we are the greatest rationalizers on the face of the earth. You know, we can rationalize the socks off of anything. And, and what happens so much of the time is that when we do something great, you know, when we get out there and we're trying to do something in life and, and we knock the ball out of the park, you know, we, we hit the proverbial home run, don't we sit back and say, man, that was all about me. That's, you know, that was me. But what about when we fail? When you go out there and you just mess something up, are you really excited about sitting back and saying, yeah, that was me? Uh, are we willing to take responsibility for that, or is it so much easier for us to sit back and blame someone or something else for the set of circumstances in which we found ourselves? And in my experience, it's a lot easier, it's a lot less painful to not accept responsibility for our failures and to, to pawn them off on somebody else. And believe me, I'm not, uh, I'm not casting stones. I live in a glass house, uh, so I'm not casting stones when I say that because I've, I've been there. Uh, the first 20, 20 years of my life, anything that happened that was wrong with me was, uh, you know, that went wrong was, was you know, my, my parents' responsibility. You know, it was always about them, you know, and it was amazing, you know, uh, you know, that set of circumstances and how it affected me. And then at 23 years old, I met and married the most beautiful, loving, caring woman in the whole world. And for the next year, 10 years, I blamed her for everything that was wrong in my life. Um, and it was interesting because a number of years ago, finally, one Sunday morning, I was sitting reading the newspaper and there was a, a cartoon strip on the newspaper or in the newspaper, rather, that was called Pogo. And it was a story, an ongoing story about a little penguin and, uh, and some of his little friends. And in this particular cartoon, uh, the guys were getting ready to go fight a battle. And they were all sitting with pots and pans on their heads and sticks in their hands. And Pogo turns to his companions and says, you know what, guys? We has met the enemy and he is us. And it was at that point that I realized, you know, that in addition to Satan, Probably the greatest enemy I have in this world is the guy who stares back at me from the mirror every morning when I'm shaving. You know, so I am where I am in life because of the choices that I've made to this point. And, and until we're honest with ourselves about why we are where we are, it makes it really, really difficult to move forward. Um, one, of the, one of my favorite TV shows, my wife and I watch it every Saturday night, is uh, Susie Orman on, on uh, CNBC. And, you know, I will say right up front, just so that I don't create any kind of confusion, that I do not agree with the lifestyle that Susie Orman lives. But having said that, Susie Orman is a brilliant woman. Uh, she, you know, when it comes to financial issues and stuff like that, she is very, very insightful. She has the ability to cut right to the bone uh, and get right to the root cause of people's problems. But one of the things that she has kind of become a, a, a moniker for her program is getting people to stand in their truth. And she talks about that all the time. Well, what is standing in your truth? Standing in your truth is forcing yourself to face the reality of the situation that you're in. And until you face that reality, you're not going anywhere because that becomes the, the springboard of, of moving yourself forward. 
the neat thing is, and, and the thing that I, I find most encouraging is as much as the circumstances that you've grown up in, grown up in and the, the, the choices that you have made have brought you to where you are at this point in your life, they have absolutely nothing to do with where you go tomorrow. If you don't like the direction that your life is headed in and you want to change that, then learn to make better choices. Learn to make different choices. Learn to take other types of action in your life and and things will move in a different direction. And you know what? If you start off in a different direction and that direction isn't what you want, then change your choices again. And you keep changing things up until you finally get on the path that you want to be on and then learn to consistently walk that path. Well, let's get back to the question that I originally asked at the beginning of the show, and that is, are achieving success and evangelical Christianity mutually exclusive terms? Uh, you know, Bob from Springfield called in a little while ago and said, no, you can't have one without the other. Uh, and, uh, and, and I agree with that. I really do. I don't think that, uh, that achieving success and Christianity are mutually exclusive in any way. But there are people out there who will say that they believe that that's the case. Uh, I've encountered a number of people who are evangelical Christians who think that, that people pursuing success in life is absolutely a bad thing. And when I ask them why they feel that way, uh, most of the time they come up empty. Because what I try to do is if something doesn't work, I want to know why. If, if something shouldn't be, I want to know why. So I keep pushing people to get back to the scriptural foundation of things and give me chapter and verse about why it's a bad thing. Um, and about the only, I had one person who gave me, gave me a verse, and it was 1 John 2.15. And you know, 1 John 2.15 says, Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love for the Father is not in them. And so I think what they're really saying is not that they necessarily think that success is a bad thing, but I think what they're saying is that they become concerned that when people pursue success in life, that somehow they're going to get sucked down the secular rabbit hole and they're going to become part of the world instead of being in the world but not of the world. And I get that. I really do, because it's yeah, that becomes a very, very important thing. Uh, the thing I think that's really critical is that we have to watch what our focus is because the secular world, like we talked about before in the beginning segment of the show, uh, the secular world says it's all about you. It's all about what you can achieve. It's me, 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 me. It's a very self-centered kind of approach. But the evangelical Christian approach says it's not about me. It's not about me. It's got nothing to do with me. It's about what God you know, it's about God and what God wants me to do and what God will do through me if I surrender myself to him. Uh, it's really interesting. Yesterday, uh, I, I drove from my home up here to the studio because I needed to uh, to meet with Zach, uh, the producer for the show, and Rick Page and talk uh, talk through some things. And on the way up, I had 1550 on at 2.30 in the afternoon, and I was listening to Alistair Begg, and he was talking about Nehemiah and how Nehemiah had received news that uh, that the city of Jerusalem was in disrepair, that the wall was down, that the gates had been burned, and he was very, very troubled about it. And he went to prayer, and he was just crying out to God to, you know, to help him find a way to be able to make that situation right. And uh, in Nehemiah 1, uh, verse 11, Nehemiah's praying to God, and he says, Lord, let your ear be attentive to the prayer of this your servant, and to the prayer of your servants who delight in revering your name, 
Give your servant success today by granting him favor in the presence of this man. And what he was talking about is that he was going before the king. He was actually, Nehemiah was the cupbearer for the king. And he was going before the king uh, to request that he you know, provide permission and resources and protection so that Nehemiah and a group of people could return to Jerusalem and rebuild the walls and, and reestablish that city. Uh, and that, to me, is so critical. That is such a priceless piece of Scripture because it says God wants us to be successful, but he wants us to be successful at the right things. And so what we really need to do is make God our focal point. And when God is our focal point, and, and we're asking him, Lord, what is it that you want me to do? And then will you please help me to develop the skills and the organization and all of the stuff that goes along with it to be able to consistently do what you want me to do? Then that's where things really, really come together and they really start, uh, start to work and work well. So we're going to take another quick break here. When we come back, we're going to talk about your attitude and its impact on your ability to live a successful life. So give us a call, 860-432-9735. Text us at 860-341-5785 or email your questions to questions at optex.com. We'll be right back. I've owned this company for a long time. I love what I do, but things keep getting more and more challenging. Taxes, the economy, global competition, they're coming together in a way that may put me out of business if I don't find a better, more cost-effective way of doing things. You want a better future for you and your loved ones. You feel that you have what it takes, but you just don't know where to start. I can help. My name is Gary Smith. I come alongside you to help you design a plan for your amazing future. Then I mentor you through the implementation process until you're well on your way to achieving your goals. Don't wait another second. Call me now at 203-599-1467 or email me at gary at for a free, no-obligation consultation. Becoming wet this afternoon across the Connecticut Valley as the system comes up the coast, low 50s, white rainy tonight near 40. A chilly breeze tomorrow as that system pulls down cooler air from up north, low to mid-40s, with some more rain likely. And it'll finally come to an end Monday with some afternoon sun near 50. Randy Berkson with a WSDK weather update. All of the information an average person living 200 years ago would have come across in their entire lifetime would fit into a present-day weekday edition of a large city newspaper. The total of all printed knowledge on Earth doubles every five years. And by the year 2020, it's estimated the amount of all information will double every 73 days. We are living through the information explosion. And if we're not careful, we can lose sight of what is truly important in the sea of information that surrounds us. That's where Life-Changing Radio comes in. Our Christ-centered programs will help you keep your perspective and priorities anchored in eternal truth. And your financial support of the programs and advertisers you hear on Life-Changing Radio helps keep this radio station reaching you and many others with the information we really need. Don't be distracted by the information explosion. Keep your focus on God's truth with the help of Life-Changing Radio. Welcome back to The Gary Smith Show. 
Great to have you along for the ride today as we uh, as we continue talking about personal development. And I want to talk now about your attitude and its impact on your personal success. Uh, you know, stop and think about that. I mean, how many of you uh, get up get up and just go through the day and whatever attitude you wake up with is kind of the attitude that gets personified throughout everything you do during the course of the day? Or how many of you allow your attitude to reflect the circumstances that you're in? If, you know, if things are going great, you're happy. If things are going bad, you're not happy. Um, you know, if you uh, go to work and you get into a confrontation with one of your fellow workers or with one of your employees, you allow yourself to get upset. And how, how important is it? How many of you actually focus on controlling your attitude and keeping it positive at, at all times? And how many times do you whisper a prayer during the course of the day, asking the Lord to give you a good attitude, to give you the right attitude so that you respond appropriately to the circumstances that you're in instead of reacting to it? Well, I've got a clip that we're going to play for you uh, for you today. Zig Ziglar uh, is uh, is one of my mentors. Uh, you know, unfortunately, he passed away, but he's a great was a great great Christian man, and he had a wonderful attitude and a wonderful way of teaching about attitude. So listen to this uh, clip on Zig Ziglar talking about attitude. A number of years ago, Larry Majors, my executive assistant, got a phone call from a lady in Birmingham, Alabama. At the end of the conversation, she said, Zig, she said, I believe this woman thinks she's got an impossible problem, but I believe you can solve that problem her with her in just a few minutes if you will spend that time with her. I said, well, Laurie, tell her to meet me backstage. I'll get there about 10 minutes early. My schedule was such that was about all I had. Well, I got there, and I was on uh, backstage behind the curtain on one side. She spotted me from the other side, and as she walked across the stage, I have never seen as much anger in a human being in my life as I saw in her. She almost started crying when she saw me. She said, oh, I'm just so glad to see you. I got this horrible job. I hate it. I hate everything about it. I hate everybody down there. I mean, uh, you're talking about negative nails. She was it. She said, can you help me? Now, understand I've only got about 10 minutes. So I looked at her, and uh, one thing I have learned, I don't do counseling, but I talk with a lot of people who do in psychology, psychiatry, and the ministry. And they tell me that everybody who comes to you with a problem are not necessarily looking for a solution. I couldn't understand that for a long time. Why do they bring you a problem if they don't want to solve it? Well, I can tell you why. They want to tell you about it, you about it, you about it, you about it, and you about it. And if you foul up the deal and solve the problem, they can't tell you again, you again. They want the attention that goes with the problem. And every company just about it has that kind of an individual. They want the attention that goes with griping and, uh, and complaining. Well, I looked at the lady, and it wasn't unkindly, but firmly I said to her, yes, and you know, ma'am, I'm afraid your problem is about to get worse. She said, what do you mean? I said, I believe they're going to fire you. <laughs> She was stunned. I couldn't have stunned her more if I'd hit her in the face with a bucket of ice water. She said, fire me? Why on earth would they fire me? Inflection in her voice clearly said, they're the bad guys. I'm the good guy. Why don't they fire them and keep me? Have you ever noticed that people who are the problem never recognize that they are? They're in complete denial. They think denial is just a river in Egypt. Why would they fire me? I said, ma'am, I don't believe there's a company in America big enough to contain this much poison in one small spot. 
Have you ever noticed that when somebody is about to lose something they've been complaining about, whether it's a car, a home, a mate, a job, or whatever, when all of a sudden it appears they're going to lose them, it takes on brand new value. She looked at me and said, well, what can I do? I said, do you really want to know? She said, yes, I do. That's the reason I came to see you. I came looking for help, but you sure haven't been any help so far. <laughs> I said, well, ma'am, I've got an idea, and I will absolutely guarantee you it positively, definitely, absolutely will work if you will just do it. She said, I'll try anything within reason. I said, okay, when you get home tonight, all of your household tasks are complete. It's bedtime. Get off in a room right by yourself. Get a sheet of paper out, and at the top of it, write, I like my job because she interrupted me. She said, that'll be easy. I don't like nothing about that job. Don't like nothing about those people down there. And I said, well, just as a matter of curiosity, do you work there for benevolent reasons, or do they pay you for working there? She said, well, I got to confess, they pay me. And I said, and you don't like to be paid. Oh, she said, yes, I do. I said, okay, tell you what you do. Open your notebook right now. We'll start our list of the things you like about your job. They pay you for working there, and you do like it, don't you? She said, absolutely. But she just stood there. I said, no, open your notebook now, and we'll get uh, busy on the list. She just stood there. I said, ma'am, let me, let me tell you what my experience in life has been. I've discovered that in 100% of the cases, no exceptions, people who won't take step number one never take step number two. You see, she had come to me with an impossible dream. Her dream was that nice Mr. Ziegler was going to solve all of her problems, and she would live happily ever after. Well, folks, I got news for you. I can't solve her problems. I can't solve your problems. But I will give you some steps that I'll absolutely, definitely, and positively will work for you, as it worked eventually for her. I said, well, ma'am, let me tell you something. Unless you're willing to take step number one right now, it's been nice talking with you. She angrily opened her notebook. Before we got through, there were 22 things she liked about her job. Not only did they pay her for working there, they paid her above average. She had three weeks vacation with pay. She had a retirement program. She was in on profit sharing. She had health insurance, life insurance, and accident insurance. She lived less than 10 minutes from home. She was in on management decisions. The company sent her to three seminars a year to be paid for. She had her own private office and parking place. 22 things that she liked about her job. Now I said, ma'am, when you get home tonight, everything is finished. Get off in a room right by yourself. Close the doors. Change one word from I like my job to I love my job. Get in front of that mirror. And folks, I cannot say this strongly enough, but I'm going to try. The eyes are the windows of the soul. Look yourself in the eye and with excitement and enthusiasm say, I love my job because they pay me for working there. I love my job because they pay me above average for working there. I love my job because I have a wonderful insurance program. I love my job before every one of the statements. You will sleep better that night. You see, there's something hidden in what I'm saying to you now. When she says, I like my job, she's really saying, I'm grateful for my job. And of all of the emotions we can have, according to Hans Selye, the number one stress specialist in America, the healthiest of all human emotions is gratitude. I said, you go down that list, 
I like my job. I love my job, rather. That is a way of gratitude. You'll sleep better the first night. Tomorrow morning, when you get up, get back in front of the mirror just before you go to work, get back in front of the mirror and repeat the process again with excitement and enthusiasm. I love my job because, and take the list with you. Because the reality is, you see, you will have started to change from a fault finder to a good finder. Some people do really find fault like there's a reward for it. They really do. <laughs> Take the list with you, and you will be able to add to that list absolutely guaranteed. Do this every morning and every night, and you will have an astonishing recovery from this advanced case of stinking thinking. Uh, that was Zig Ziglar uh, talking about attitude and its impact on, on, on people. And the story is just so compelling, and it has, has some really, really neat components to it. The first thing is, is gratitude. When you wake up every morning, do you wake up with an attitude of gratitude? Do you, you know, are you truly thankful to God? Uh, and you know, and I, I often joke about it, but when I meet people uh, sometime during the course of the day, they'll say, how you doing? And one of the comments I sometimes make is, hey, I, you know, I've got the day licked. I woke up on the right side of the grass this morning. Uh, and, and that's so important. But do we really, and seriously, when you, when you have your devotions, when you have, uh, when you have your prayers and stuff like that, do you talk to God and are you thankful for him for everything that he's given you? I mean, we lived in the most blessed nation in, in the world. We have nothing to complain about compared to 99% of the people in the rest of the world. And yet, you know, we focus on the things so much of the time that we don't have instead of the things that we do have. So are you grateful? Are you really at a gut level, at a heart level, at a soul level, are you grateful to God for how he has, how he has blessed you? Uh, the, you know, the second thing is, is that, as Zig says, you know, the eyes are the window to the soul, you know, and so don't be hesitant. Uh, yeah, your mate will probably think you're crazy when you first start doing it, but don't hesitate to have a conversation with that person in the mirror. Uh, and the other thing is, and, it, and Zig didn't talk about it necessarily, but, it, but it's in the theme of the story, and that is that there is nothing more powerful than the sound of your voice heard in your own ears. So if you've got some good positive self-confession going on and you're talking to yourself about all the things in life that you love, you know, I love my wife, I love my kids, I'm thankful for the things that I have in my home and, and my business and my job and, and all those sorts of things, you know, that programs you, that kind of stacks the deck in your favor, if you will, uh, for, for having a great day if you take that kind of approach. Let's stop for just a couple of minutes and see what the Bible has to say about, about having, uh, having a good attitude. Philippians chapter 2, verses 14 and 15, it says, Do all things without grumbling or questioning, that you may be blameless and innocent, children of God without blemish, in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world. Let's take that apart for just a minute. When, you, when it talks about doing all things with grum, without grumbling or questioning, what does it mean? Doesn't it mean have a great attitude? Have the right attitude. When you wake up in the morning, be thankful to God that you have the day to live and that you're going to commit, commit that day to him and to doing things right. But what's the outtake of that? If you have a great attitude, you'll be blameless and innocent without blemish, so that's what God wants us to do. That's the outtake of having a great attitude is that, is that we get out there and we do a lot of good things. We do the right things because our attitude compels us 
to do those sorts of things. You know, and the last part of the, the verse talks about among whom you shine as lights in the world. Are you attracted to someone in the world? Are you attracted to someone who's being a light in the world if they got a lousy attitude? Or as Zig Ziglar would think, if, you know, Zig, yeah, as Zig Ziglar would say, they've got stinking thinking. Would you be attracted to someone like that? Probably not. It's the people that we meet who are always positive, who are always upbeat, who always have something good to say about, you know, about the world and about other people. Those people are a natural magnet. They draw people to them because they're attractive people to be around. You know, you, you like the kind of attitude uh, that exudes from them. And part of the reason for that is, is that that kind of attitude is, you know, is, is catchy. Let's look at another passage in Philippians, uh, Philippians 4, verses, uh, verses 8 and 9. It says, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. So that is the key for how do you have a good attitude? You know, well, look at things. Whatever's true, whatever's honorable, just, pure, lovely, commendable. If there's anything that's excellent, think about those things because the more you think about those things, the more they get inside of you. And the more they get inside of you, the more the Holy Spirit can work on you and and the things can flow from you. One of the neat things I learned a long time ago is that you can only hold one thought in your mind at a time. Now, I know some of the women who are listening to the program today will disagree with that, and I understand women are multitaskers where a lot of us men aren't. Uh, but really, when you stop and think about it, try and hold two thoughts in your mind at one time. Try to think about things, two things simultaneously. And what happens is, is you wind up bopping back and forth between the two, but you can't simultaneously hold two thoughts in your mind at the same time. So focus on making the thoughts that you have good, positive thoughts. And if you do, then you can't think about the negative. You know, that is, that's a really, really key thing, I think. And then one last verse, and that is uh, Colossians 3.23. It says, whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men. So our focal point needs to be working you know, to please God. And if we do that, uh, the joy of the Lord will be our strength. We will be filled uh, you know, to overflowing with goodness and uh, and the ability to be able to uh, to do things. I want to hit one uh, one quick thing just before we close our time together today, uh, and that is a story uh, that I actually heard at the Iron Sharpens Iron Conference uh, this last weekend over in Bloomfield, uh, and it was actually told by Rod Cooper uh, from. Um, Uh, I can't remember where he's from. But anyway, uh, he was from Gordon Conwell, Rod Cooper from Gordon Conwell. And he talked about this. He said, in the jungle, the gazelle goes to bed every night knowing that in the morning he must run faster than the fastest lion in order to stay alive. Meanwhile, the lion goes to bed at night knowing that in the morning, if he's going to survive and eat, he must be faster than the slowest gazelle. So in the morning, both are often running in the pursuit of that survival. Is that how you feel most nights before you go to bed? Do you feel like you're running for your life and sometimes you're in the proverbial you're the proverbial hamster on the wheel? Do you wake up in the morning exhausted because you know the chase that awaits you as soon as you step outside the front door? You know, all of us seem to be running for survival. You know, and and I think one of the, you know, one of the most basic answers to these feelings of anxiety, you know, is 
that we confuse activity with productivity. We falsely assume that just because we're busy that somehow that means we're being productive and quite frankly, you know, nothing could be further from the truth. And as we move forward with, uh, with some of our other shows, we're going to talk about that. We're going to, uh, to get beyond the basics. You know, we're you know, trying to deal a little bit with the attitudes of success today, and we'll pick that conversation up next time. But then we're going to get in and we're going to start talking about some of the practical applications of personal development. How do you make the thing actually work in, in your life? How do, you, how do you really get things down on paper and create a system that works for you in, in order to be able to get from where you are to where you want to be? And we also want to deal with some personal development topics that will, uh, you know, that will really, you know, and business development topics as well that will help you get from where you are to where you want to be. So we're coming to the close of our time together here. Uh, thank you so much for coming and spending the time with us. I hope you'll join us next week at 11 o'clock when we uh, pick up with another segment here of The Gary Smith Show. Uh, Zach, I want to thank you for being in studio with me today and for all your help. It's great to have him here and uh, taking care of all of the technical issues. Uh, as I said, I invite you to come back next Saturday morning at 11. In the meantime, feel free to email me. Uh, email your questions and comments to questions at optex.com. Uh, I will try as much as I can to respond to those emails, and we'll pick out a few that maybe we can talk about next time that you would find uh, to, be, to be meaningful. Until next time, live your life with passion, and may God richly bless you. This is Gary Smith. Have a great day. Thank you for joining us this morning. Please mark your calendars and be sure to join us next Saturday at 11 a.m. for another edition of The Gary Smith Show. And remember, there are a number of resources available to assist you at Gary's website, optex.com. Until next week, may God richly bless you.